Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the weekly cool down. It is Friday, May 24th. It is episode 53. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back me. Welcome back you. Thank you very much. Uh, wow. Um, so, uh, we've got some cool things to talk about this week. Um, Final Fantasy news, Final Fantasy 14 news, some developments out of, uh, developments, quote unquote, out of Microsoft and Sony, uh, and some, some other, some other, some other stuff. I'm not going to ruin it all for you, but first, but first I have a surprise. I have a new co-host, someone you've heard before. Hello gamers. Hello gamers. <laughs> Sorry. That's how he chooses to introduce himself. Hello, gamers. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is uh, the new co-host for the weekly cooldown. It's Moose. Now you say something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were going to keep going. No. Uh, well, All I'm going to be I'm going to be helping Kami Jace here out with uh, his cooldown stuff. Maybe some new stuff aside from this podcast. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Um, <clears throat> But I am I'm excited to be part of this and coming back on a weekly basis to help out yeah. and talk about stuff and have on some cool guests and all the other sorts of things you get to do on a podcast. Speaking of cool guests. Speaking of cool guests. Who do we got? What's up, was, motherfuckers? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. I'm Hey and I'm back. I haven't been on in a while, but Yeah. I couldn't miss Moose's like official co-host debut episode, so <laughs> I'm here to like help out because I've actually been on this podcast more than he has. Flex, um, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yes, that's very true. You have been on more, uh, and she also has the recording mic, so she's going to sound a lot better than I am this time. Oh, For now, fine, but yeah, episodes that um I'm not present in. Moose <laughs> is going to sound great because he's going to yeah. use my fancy mic that I use for singing songs. Oh, singing. Songs. I can't wait to have the full range of my dulcet tones captured. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Listen, people say that to me. That's a real thing. You have a very nice voice to listen to. I love hanging oh out. My with God, coffee. thank you so much. Um. <laughs> We I should do an episode of the podcast where it's just ASMR instead, just for fun. <laughs> uh, I don't Strangers. know about that. I, I don't know, know if I can. I don't know if I could stomach that myself. Just doing that for like an, even ten minutes makes me feel like I'm doing something weird. No, I know. Like tapping on stuff and being like, "Yes, taps closer to the mic." Definitely. <laughs> no, I really. I like. I listen to ASMR sometimes for my anxiety. But anyways, that was a hell of a tangent. I've had some caffeine. Good morning. Good morning, indeed. Okay, so um, before we, of course, jump into all the news, we have to talk about what we've been playing this week, right? 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 Um, I haven't. I've been. I've actually been playing a lot of. Uh, why did I just forget the name? Oh, Okami on the Switch. Oh, um, the best Zelda game. <laughs> Sorry, that's really unfair. Um. <laughs> um, it's such a it's such a good game, and um, my boyfriend Daniel actually really enjoys watching me play it because he likes the art style, which is something he rarely says about any video game. So it like brings me a lot of joy, and I'm like quite glad that that game exists. So yeah, um, 
Also, it turned 13 years old on April 20th, so happy birthday, Okami. Yeah, Okami really is one of those games you can sit and watch and have just as much fun as the person playing it because it's just so nice to look at. Yeah. Yeah, Hey, you like Okami, right? It's like one of your favorite games. It's one of my favorite fucking games ever. (laughs) I love it. Okay. I've got... um, God... I have a playthrough of Okami HD on what? The PS3 that I am like very close to 100%ing on the new game. Run yeah, you were, you were doing that cave where it makes you fight like nine yeah, Wakas or something. And Wakas <laughs> at the same time. And the Ugh. evil Rao. And oh my god, yeah. I kept dying there, so I'd take a break and yeah. Yeah. I might just start my hellish 100% playthrough over again and buy it H- Okami HD again on a new console. Well, you have it on the Switch. I Oh, that's it's right. I bought of, it on the very, Switch. I bought it's it on very the nice on the Switch. I like, it's very, very nice on I the like Switch. I like the controls. All right. Hey, what have you been playing? Um, I've, I've had my um, mobile game resurgence. Um, oh, dear. I've been playing um, Pocket Camp again after, like, six months of being sad about not having a new Animal Crossing game yet. So every time I played Pocket Camp, I'd be really emo about it. But now I'm just, like, playing it again because it's still really fun. Um, I've been slowly trucking it through the Atelier games, starting with Sophie. I finished Sophie a while back, and I finally got Fierce on sale. And I've been playing Fierce a lot, and I it's a great game. Would recommend. Um, what else have I been doing? Oh, the Valkyrie Profile mobile game, Valkyrie Anatomia. Please play it if you love Valkyrie Profile, or even if you don't, it's great. Was this game? Huh? Speak speak about it, because I didn't know that this existed. Okay. It's got the same style combat as the Valkyrie Profile PS1 game. It's got great remixes of the original tracks. Everybody is rendered in glorious 3D. Um, and the story's really good, because of course it is. It's Valkyrie Profile story. So, like, all the Ein Harrier stories and stuff, just, uh heart-wrenching, but also really really cool so check it out i haven't played too much of it myself but i i did start it and um i really appreciate i it might just be a coincidence because of like the limitations of mobile games but the graphical style looks really like retro and ps2 and it's it's just a nice throwback hmm very nice moose it is your turn all right so i have been playing a lot of Forza Horizon 4. I finally got it running correctly on my computer. Um, So I've just been driving cars around Great Britain, uh, messing with, like, tuning each one. I even got, like, involved in a small, like, Forza community, which I never do stuff like that. Uh, So I got my racing game kick going on, and I picked up Dirt Rally 2.0, which is like a completely different experience, but also really good. Uh, and then mm-hmm. like two days ago, is that a cat at my door? I don't know. Uh, and then I heard it too. two days ago, total war three kingdoms came out, which mm. let me tell you, 
is really cool. Um, I was worried that it was going to take too much of a historical slant, like, because I know that's what Total War usually does. They try to keep it kind of sort of in the realm of reality with some stylistic stylistic elements. But Total War Three Kingdoms is like only a couple steps short of being a Dynasty Warriors game. Lubu is there. He's unkillable. Uh, you know, all your all your like generals, your army leaders can just solo yeah. like crowds and crowds of enemy soldiers. It's very, um, it's very on brand for most Three Kingdoms stuff. But if you like the more traditional Total War units and strategy focused approach uh the game has a uh what's called records mode where the generals are not super powered and have like a retinue of bodyguards and can easily be killed and it's much more like the older total war games but i'm having fun with the more rpg inspired romance mode running around the chinese mountains as a bandit queen uh Bandit Queen. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, really, really cool. Um, it's a pretty game. It runs well. I have some issues with how long it takes to load, but I, I think Total War fans are probably used to that by now. Um, <laughs> but other than that, it's very well optimized. It's beautiful. It has a full Chinese dub, which I really appreciate. Um, it's just real good. It's real good, and if you like any kind of grand strategy game, uh, especially if you maybe have a friend you'll play with, because it does have a full co-op campaign, uh, mm-hmm. I recommend it. Good game. Good game. I believe it. Well, before we begin the news, I have a game for us to play. Oh, yeah. uh, so, we've started doing this thing where to get to know the guests and to get to know each other as gamers and stuff, we kind of ask each other a, a little game. And so um, I'm actually stealing this one off of a Twitter post that I saw earlier. Um, essentially, it has to deal more with movies, but it kind of has a intersection uh, because it's about Detective Pikachu. Uh, in the Detective Pikachu world, everyone gets one Pokemon companion, at least one Pokemon companion that they get to, like, you know, go through, like, general life with. Whatever, you know, going to the grocery store or, you know, going to see a movie, you get to hang out with this Pokepal and you're, like, SO or whatever. So, that being said, which Pokemon out of the God knows how many now? Oh, uh, uh, just you over 800. Pick? There you go. Yeah, I was just going to say, I know this one. <laughs> yeah, like 800 something, which, uh, and, and more coming in, in like November. Um, but w- w- out of the current 800 or more to see to be a Pokemon <laughs> Master's wow. Destiny. Which one would you pick to be your companion? Uh, hey, you go first because I'm. Pr- I mean, I'm sure we both know what the other's gonna say, but <laughs> obviously, I'd pick Emolga because you know, adorable, my favorite Pokemon. If I ever need to to zap a bitch, I can just have <laughs> have them do it. Um, slice around. It's very cute. Um, I love Emolga so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you don't know what Emolga is, it's um 
It's one of the electric rodents modeled off of a flying squirrel. And it first debuted in the Unova region. So shout outs to Emulga. Shout out. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, all right. So my turn. Yeah, sure. All right. So I'm actually torn. Uh, my obvious first choice would be uh, Lilligant because she's just my absolute favorite Pokemon. Uh, she's she's adorable. adorable. <laughs> um, I'm not sure she does anything useful, but that's okay because she's cute and that's all that matters. Mm. Um, that or my kind of out of left field second choice would be Whizcash. <laughs> because honestly, just, just imagine having a Whizcash follow you around. Just this big sure. catfish with its like big dumb smile and <laughs> the W on its forehead stands for Whizcash, unless you're playing in Japanese, in which case I have no idea what it stands for. Yeah, wow. So follow-up question the quote-unquote the cry right for your whiskash is it the end game cry or is it like the anime cry this is a oh man i have no idea what those sound like hold on i'm gonna have to go i'm gonna have to go look this up uh the end game one is like something grownish like it just sounds like a dude going into your ear like I'm I'm scared because when I when I started typing Whizcash cry into YouTube, uh, I found the top autocomplete result was Whizcash eats meatball, and I really <laughs> want to know what that is. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't know about that one. Uh, let's see. It's just like a groan. What is it? What does it say in the anime? You know what? Good question. I don't know the answer. Apparently, the Whizcash episode is banned. Uh. What you, what? You've picked a tr- problematic Pokemon. <laughs> but yeah, I well, I I just searched Whizcash Cry anime Pokemon episode three hundred seventy seven Shaking Island Battle Barboach versus Whizcash parentheses banned episode. Why is it- and I I have no idea why. I'm- oh, okay. It's because there was an earthquake, oh. and the episode featured earthquake. Okay, it's it's for a reason that makes sense. Oh, I was okay. like, is Wiz is Wizcash too dangerous for this world? <laughs> you did something wrong by picking this Pokemon. <laughs> oh well, we'll never know what it sounds like in the anime. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I I'm, I'm not gonna sit and watch a <laughs> an episode trailer. Um, Be better things to talk about. I'm sure. I choose. Growlithe. It's always oh. a toss-up between Growlithe and Ghastly, but I think I would choose Growlithe. Growlithe because I'm that bitch. Yeah. And yeah, and it evolves into it evolves into Haunter, but like Growlithe evolves into Arcanine, and they're both cool, and I want them both. <laughs> Fire dog oh, get- with tiger stripes. Yeah. I guess since <laughs> uh, gas since Ghastly came up, I'd also take a coughing. If I why? could get one. <laughs> what? Because why not? Have you ever looked at coughing? You're just going to walk into a coffee shop and ruin everyone's day? Yeah. You're just going to ruin everyone's day oh, like God. that? Well, it's because he and I can could sit together and vape up a storm. Oh, my so God. You can't come in here <laughs> sir, you can't come in here with that coughing. No, the coughing has to stay outside, sir. 
<laughs> wow, that'd be that'd be really inconvenient if you got assigned one of the like more troublesome Pokemon. Like if you had like a vile plume or something. Like, no. Or I guess I guess Gloom's the one that smells bad, but Outside. you know, you wouldn't be able to go anywhere. Yeah. Can't go to the movies with a gloom. That's a problem. Get in the ball. <laughs> <laughs> or imagine imagine getting assigned like an onyx that's too big to fit oh, anywhere. That's Gosh. sad. I'd be really sad. I'd be like, no, you, you can let him in. You would not <laughs> have to have a car. You could just <laughs> That's drive true. on the Onyx everywhere. You wouldn't have. But to if if we're going for, <laughs> if we're going for a transport focused Pokemon, uh, I'd actually take Drifblim. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, even though I think you only get transported on a Drifblim when it abducts yeah, you. Yeah, you get. It's taken when you're a child. How's that feel? Taken oh. by Driftblim as a child. Driftblim as a child. This moose has ah. grown up with Driftblims, and he only knows how to levitate and make noise. I bet that's like Pokemon World uh, horror movies. Ah, wonderful. Uh, description from Pokemon X: It carries people and Pokemon when it flies, but since it only drifts, it can end up anywhere. <laughs> However, the description from Ultramoon says the raw material for the gas inside its body is souls. <laughs> That's what it says. That's just what what it says. And it says when its body starts to deflate, it's thought to carry away people and Pokemon. I, I so I guess when it starts deflating, it eats people to keep flying. That's wonderful. That's I love Drifloom. Hey, Drifloom, where are we going? Ah, <laughs> uh, hell, dude. We're going to hell. <laughs> yeah, the, it, it also says it does take you to hell. That's another thing Jesus. it says on That's there. That's fantastic. Well, <laughs> if you ever have to stop by hell for like an errand or something, it's super convenient. Right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, so we should probably move yes, on. Let us move from... into the news. So the news of this week is all kind of like all over the place. So to start with, a World War Z developer approached Valve about making a Half-Life 2 remake. You know, like an upscaled one of the game that most people who enjoy Valve games enjoy, right? Half-Life 2, we know which one that is. Um, well, of course, Valve said, uh, fuck off. Um, they apparently don't want a Half-Life 2 remake, which is fine. But it kind of begs the question as to... Why? Um, so in an article written by uh, Fraser Brown at PC Gamer, uh, according to the article, Newell declined the offer and told uh, the developer, whose name, whose last name is Karsh, uh, that in the event of a Half-Life 2 remake, uh, it would be developed internally. So they're only interested in making it if Valve makes it. And it doesn't seem like they're interested in making it. So that's cool, I guess. No, I I don't know why not. Like, yeah, it doesn't even have to be good. It's just free money for them. Yeah. But they, right. I mean, I'm under the impression that some people at Valve, uh, I, I forget who it was exactly that says it. It might have been Gabe Newell. Uh, hey, told me about this actually. That like they really don't like Half Life and they don't like the story that was written and they think it's really bad, so they don't want to go back to it. Do you remember who said that? It's like an embarrassed 
What was that, Gabe? No, I forget. I forget which article I read that was talking about it, but apparently somebody at Valve and the creative side for Half Life feels like super embarrassed. Like it's like a cringy thing they did a long time ago. You know, I don't know. I I feel like we can all relate to that, but at the same time, like it it was something you did professionally, dude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they've they've pretty much made it clear that they're just not interested in Half Life and. While it's kind of sad, at the same time, I also feel like, would Half-Life really hold up in 2019 without losing what makes it Half-Life? How do you mean? Well, so Half-Life, you know, is kind of this very fast-paced first-person shoot. I guess Doom kind of paved the way for those games to come back, Doom 2016, but... uh, Mm -hmm. You know, you never see any part of Gordon Freeman's body. He doesn't talk. He's not really much of a character. Um, you know, it, it, it just feels very old. And I feel like to make it not feel old, they'd have to change some of the stuff that Valve has gone on record as saying is, like, important to Half-Life's identity. They've said that not mm. having your character do too much physical interaction and just having, like, ghost limbs and stuff is... I don't remember where I read this, so take it with a grain of salt, but I definitely remember reading that Half-Life doesn't take a physical approach to the FPS genre on purpose, and then Half-Life 2's big thing was, huh, there's physics puzzles now, and that was the Source engine. I don't think Valve has made anything since the Source engine, and that engine feels real dated. Like, you can go back and play Left 4 Dead 2, and it's fun, but it's like, this game is old. And there's another thing about Valve not making games is the, I believe, original Left 4 Dead devs are making a sequel, but it's not really a sequel because Valve doesn't want to do it. So they're making their own game called Back for Blood right? Uh, by the very boringly named Interactive Entertainment. Right. Do you think, No, no, it's it's, it's Turtle Rock. uh, To your point... but why does it no, say? Yeah, sorry. But, so right. why does it, it say interactive? Inter- Hold on, I have to. They, yeah, no, that's. They changed. Oh, okay. The thing? Google cut the sentence off. It's Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. So, so Warner Brothers uh, is yes. They, Warner Brothers is publishing. Turtle Rock that. is developing. Yeah, produce it. Yes, that's how it's going. Um. But uh, to you, the point you said about Source, the Source engine being old, do you think that's why Valve isn't making new games? Are they just not interested in using any other engine? And can they not build upon the I mean, Source engine the they already have? The amount of money that Valve has should mean that if they want a new physics engine, they would have one. That's That's the whole thing about this, is the only conclusion I personally can draw is that Valve just doesn't want to make games. If Valve wanted to make games, they have the money to make games. If they wanted a new physics engine, they have the money to do that. The only thing Valve seems to do in terms of game development is updates for Dota and Team Fortress 2. Oh, I found the article Hmm. that I was referencing back there. Okay, Okay. so it's an article from ArsTechnica.com, but it's actually reporting on an AMA Gabe and did. Uh, back in 2017 and the direct quote is the issue with half-life for me is that i was involved in a much higher percentage of the decisions 
about the game, so it's hard for me to look at them as anything other than a series of things I regret. Wow. Um, hmm. You know, I don't know. Like, on one hand, I can see looking back and being like, I don't like this creative decision, but I'm going to be a little mean on the other hand. How much money did those games make you, my man? Yeah. Like, those were a huge yeah, success, and they did a lot for the genre. Uh, like you we can, released with the orange box yeah. even like yeah they're like yeah, I like know. i get it but at the it's same time good. that really sounds like a petty indulgence yeah it sounds like a cop-out yep. and you call that a cop-out but i get it valve doesn't need to make games because they make so much money off dota team fortress and steam like yeah and the right. only and the uh, only company uh, csgo even oh yeah that's right i forgot about csgo um Yep, and the oh, I think CS:GO had a battle royale mode added or something. I don't know, but they get a lot of esports attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. Oh they did add a battle royale mode. No, um, but yeah, Valve just breaks in. I guess the only competitor they really have is Epic at this point. Yeah. And Epic's in a similar situation. They have Fortnite, and Fortnite makes them oddly amounts of money, and their storefront shows it. That's yeah. how they can afford to take smaller cuts from the devs and stuff, is because right. they have all that Fortnite money. Fortnite money. And <laughs> in other news, all gamers still seem to hate the Epic Store. I've yet to meet one yeah. person who's like, no, I like the Epic Store. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what what it means for oh. the future of gaming if, like, our PC, quote-unquote, exclusives are just, like, cloud-based systems. Yeah. You know, it's that makes for a good segue, actually. Uh, PC is starting to get exclusives like their consoles, and the consoles are all becoming friends with each other. It's so weird. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, it's very weird. Did you guys hear about the, um, the thing that Epic did where they didn't tell the developers or even ask the developers oh. before putting no, their I didn't games hear about on that. sale? That's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh god what was just described is a bad uh, i remember um, yeah. and I was but yes so, as moose says microsoft and sony um, are making nice and announcing partnership for gaming and cloud services yeah i um honestly i'm not all that interested in like uh it's the power of microsoft and sony together that's like whatever to me all that it really means to me is fighting games will start to all have cross play hopefully yes Street yeah. Fighter V had it, and, like, no other game has had it since, and it makes me very upset, because when you have a more niche genre, like competitive fighting games, you want as many players as you can get. Because what the issue ends up being is, I play fighters mostly with my friends on PC. Uh, mostly with one friend in particular, but <laughs> that's that's neither here nor there. Uh so I get them on PC, but what ends up happening is the PC player base dies out pretty quickly, and regular competition can pretty much only be found on the PS4 version. So I either have to buy the game and not play with my friend who I play most fighters with, uh, do like all my practicing with, or I buy it on PC and can only play with him. And, you know, it, it's just... It, it's kind of disappointing. It's not such a big deal for Street Fighter because that has crossplay. It's not a big deal for 
Uh, I guess Mortal Kombat. I don't really, not really a Mortal Kombat person, but that's such a big brand. Tekken, same sort of story. Dragon Ball Fighters, same thing. Those are like big brands. Mm-hmm. Lots of players on PC just because of the sheer like brand power. But for like less developed, like less uh, popular titles like Undernight, uh, Blaze Blue Cross Tag, there's really not easily accessible competition on PC. You can find it if you go to Discords and look for people, but I'm I like just pressing ranked match and getting a fight. Yeah. That's always been really convenient. Uh but I can pretty much only do that in Street Fighter 5, DBFC and Tekken. Mm. Uh I can't do it in Mortal Kombat because I don't own Mortal Kombat. I don't really care for that series that much. But Yeah. Makes sense. So I'm excited for more options for crossplay in the future, and maybe breaking up the sort of monopoly PS4 has on like fighting game player bases. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if we'll hear more about this in like a couple weeks at E3. I'm sure we will, but. I mean, I have to wonder to what extent, because we just got Google Stadia like two months ago that was announced. Oh, I forgot about that already. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of all other like streaming platforms that want to, you know, do cloud-based streaming for your gaming and stuff like that. So I'm wondering how much of this will be brought to the forefront at like E3 or something like My, that. Well, Microsoft... According to this uh, GameSpot article here, Microsoft says they're going big at E3 and Sony's just not going to be there. So maybe Microsoft is going to cover Microsoft will probably cut. That's what I'm imagining. Uh, and I'm willing to bet this partnership that they're doing uh, with like mutual cloud services and stuff. Uh, same reason that PlayStation's not going to be at E3. I think it's going to be a PS5 thing. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's probably why Sony's not at E3. They probably don't have anything to show because they've oh, been yeah. working on the PS5. Uh, spec. That and the third-party developers might be covering, basically, like anything Sony's working on, like the right. FF7 Square Enix. Remake Square's thing. got their own Square's show at E3. Um, yeah. And that's, that's if I want to get into speculating, I feel like FF7 Remake probably the last big like hurrah for the ps4 we know the ps5 Hmm. is decently close to being like fully revealed and all that uh unless i've been completely Mm -hmm. lied to of course uh but that that's what i think i think that sony doesn't really have anything to show because they're working on their next big console box so they're just gonna let square and microsoft do all the work who else skipped out on E3 this year? Makes Someone sense. else did, right? Nintendo's doing their usual thing, but I think that's the gist of it. Yeah, they're not having like a conference yeah. with people sitting down at the stadium. They're doing their treehouse oh. live stream thing from E3, which yeah. better include Animal Crossing. <laughs> EA is yeah, I see EA is just doing seat. some EA Play event, but they don't seem to have a conference scheduled. Yeah. No, not really. I feel like the conference format is falling out of, like, 
accessibility to worldwide gamers or something when they present stuff because live streams yeah. and stuff. Yeah, you can stream the uh the conference, but with all the shiny video editing and stuff that I mean, live streams can have instead. For the most part, you go to things like E3, I think, for the experience and to probably say, I got yeah, to play I, this game yeah, at E3. That's a big part of it. Yeah. And to pay like $300 plus like a, a plane ticket if you need it or something like that. Yeah. Just to be like, hey, I got to do this yeah. thing. I'm not about um, that life. Um, E3, if you really want to want me to go to your event, like you keep emailing me like you do, maybe you could give me a press pass <laughs> like I applied for. Um, yeah, that's, just saying. <laughs> that's valid. Um, and that's, that's another thing with E3 is, uh, <laughs> or not E3, but conferences is a lot of the time when a conference has enduring uh, memorability in like the gaming community or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's usually a meme and not a flattering one. It's usually it's usually like the, the yeah. Peggle 2 guy or like Todd Howard making weird faces or yeah, my or body Todd is ready or it's like yeah. or it's just really like cringy and hard to watch videos of like some corporate person who knows nothing about the games that they're representing talking to a dead silent crowd that doesn't care. Like What's that one meme of the oh, guy God. like jumping and he's announcing that's, like a sequel? He's to the, a that's game? the Peggle Two guy. That's that's oh, Peggle okay. Two. Uh, he he basically he walked out on the stage after a trailer for Plants vs Zombies. He said, "I have one more announcement for you guys, Peggle Two. And he jumps in the air and fucking Ode to Joy plays and rainbows go everywhere. One person in the audience claps, and then he walks off stage and a trailer for Titanfall starts. And it's just, it's like the only thing people remember about that, the EA conference. Maybe that's, maybe that was the plan. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it was supposed to be, I think it was supposed to be funny, but we ended up kind of laughing at rather than laughing with, because I don't think it really struck a note with people. On a side note, though, Peggle's actually really fun. (laughs) Yeah, we kind of. I th- I think what most conferences lack is someone, kind of like a um, a, a media manager who knows how to speak to not only an audience but an audience that's pretty critical of exact what comes right after the next thing. You know, like yeah, if you if you end with Peggle 2 and you start off with Titanfall, that Titanfall will seem that much bigger because you landed terribly on Peggle yeah, 2. Yeah, I mean, they didn't even really try with Peggle 2. They just had a guy come out and he yell just... the name and leave. Yeah, so, I don't know. I think... I think uh... There's there's more to analyze about the Peggle 2 presentation, but that we don't have, we don't have time <laughs> to talk about that. But yeah, I think that's the big problem with conferences is that like the personalities that come out rarely seem to resonate with gamers for some reason. Uh, mm-hmm. the, and the corp, like the companies that that are behind, like it's because it's not the developers, it's publishers that do conferences. So they're like the yeah. money side of things. They don't. I think they get it a lot of the time. I really, 
think that they must keep trying and being like, wow, we ended up as memes again. Where did we go wrong? Yeah. Right. I think Todd Howard kind of embraces that because he's less of himself and more is not like the internet version of himself. Yeah. Instead of it being the other way. Yeah, I think... um, I honestly think the best game presentations I've seen are when the developers or people who actually worked on it get to talk about it. And not and not just from the business side. Right. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when when the, you know, especially when the de- developers are really excited about their game cuz then you're like, "Oh yeah, I, think- I want to get this." Yeah, I I was I just going to say about other uh, presentations. <laughs> The best conferences, aside from the the Nintendo one a long time ago, where they announced the Wii and everybody like lost their minds. The best conferences, like in my recent memory, are the Final Fantasy fourteen Fan Fest yeah, ones. Really good. <laughs> yeah, Fan Fest stuff, barring uh, a certain controversy, we're yeah. not going to bring up today. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like that's why the live letters are fun because you get to see the people who were mm-hmm. really invested in their project like talk about their project and all the intricacies that they're familiar with because they actually worked on it. That's why it was fun to watch like the Nintendo presentations for breath of the wild, uh, because there were people playing the game and sharing that like early breath of the wild experience. And there was a developer like, ah, yeah, we did this so that we could, you know, convey X, Y, Z to the player. And it was just really nice. Well, since we kind of touched yeah. on the uh, the topic, let's uh, let's talk about the recent live letter for Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, oh, I can't yeah. do Roman numerals. What does Li mean? Is that fifty one? No, I think it's oh god sixty one. Uh, hold hold on. Li and Roman yeah, numerals. You said that would be that's, oh, that's fifty one. Yep, I was a smart one. Okay, so <laughs> the latest Final Fantasy fourteen letter from the producer live part fifty one uh, showed a whole lot, a whole lot, a whole lot, a whole lot of uh, system changes, battle system changes, and uh, quest changes, and all that good stuff for the upcoming Shadowbringers patch or expansion. Um, I keep calling it Shadow Blingy for some reason. Shadow Blingy. I don't blingy. know why. <laughs> it just kind of stuck. But um, so there was a, just a lot of cool stuff. Um, a lot to kind of digest. Um, but like to start off, I mean, they want to make some pretty decent changes to the fate system. So uh, new rewards other than EXP will be added. Uh, fates will be less for EXP and more for the rewards and the lore. Um, apparently, the I, th- I think they're trying to do a thing kind of like uh, Guild Wars 2 where the fates really affect the map that you're on. Um, don't quote me on that. That just seems to be the direction that they're going. Um, and additional requirements to re- unlock certain uh, rewards. So it's, it's more like a if you want to go fast on this in this area of, uh, you know, the Shadowbringers map, then you do some fates, you unlock some writing maps, and you get to go fast on mounts. That sounds great. Yeah, I mean, it sounds you get crafting mats or castrain rolls. It's it's like you know some little token token uh, rewards for doing fates and helping out. 
Sounds nice. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Side quests are going to be level synced now. Um, like be, like beast tribe quests, right? Yeah. So yeah. Any side quest you do, if you do them at seventy, they'll be at seventy. If you decide to, do, you know, take up another job or something, and you need some help leveling, you can take on those quests whenever. Well, it's it's good because you can save, you can save your quests for the inevitable. Uh, I guess I'm going to make this joke again. Uh, the dead zone, uh, featuring Garlic Junior. <laughs> 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 Sorry, the like there because it happens every expansion. There's like a part in the main story where it's getting to the end, so there's no more filler yeah. in the story quests. So they just leave you, and it's usually like level, like it's Stormblood. I feel like it was sixty-eight, yeah. sixty-nine, yeah, where a lot of like get the exp yourself because the story is not here for you right now. Right. Uh, so what I like is when I go to an area that I might like more than some others. I can save the quests from there and go back there and do them later. Mm-hmm. Instead of for that, yeah. Instead of having like a a uh, what, what like a sea of no, it wasn't the sea of clouds. It was the other one, the churning, churning mists. mists. What the, the so instead clouds. of having a churning mist situation or even a of the locks situation, I know a lot of people didn't like that area. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you kind of miss out on having to deal with that because you can just say, well, you know what? I'll just go back to Yangsha. I liked that area anyway, and I'll do the quests there synced up to my level and get tons of EXP. All right. Very, very true. Um, in addition to the side quests being level synced, there's also going to be role quests. Now, I'm still having some trouble kind of understanding this, so maybe you guys can help me out here. Um, the new types of quests to be implemented, role quests. Four sets of role quests will be added. Um, one of them is kind of a role play role quest to retrace the journeys of the fallen heroes of the first, which is the world that we're going to in the next expansion. Um, you also get role quests based on your, uh, job at the time. So there's physical and magical DPS and tank and healer, um, one of the role quests must be completed to advance the main scenario. They haven't said which. Um, and some of them are special battles, event battles, and designed with, quote-unquote, a lot of resources, time, and attention. Now, I, 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 seem, to be, I, I seem to be missing something. Um, because in addition, also, job quests will be available at level 80. But in order to do those job quests, you have to do the role quests for your job, I think. Yeah, I don't I don't really know. Um, it sounds like they gave the lore writing team a small break by only making them do four different stories for the role quests instead of how many jobs do we have now? Well, what is it, yeah. 17? Yeah, you was also it? get role quests. It says for Disciple of the Hand and Disciple of the Land instead yeah. of doing, like, the job. So, honestly, with the quantity of, like, jobs that we have, especially because these role quests actually have an impact on MSQ, apparently... Mm-hmm. I'd rather them do that than having the them have to write all the individual stories that have no actual outside impact on sure. events. So yeah, I, I'm I, I'm also 
from. I, I'm also decently happy that the jobs aren't getting over-explained. Uh, that's mostly from a role-player perspective, but it's nice to have some ambiguity yeah. and wiggle room to do your own thing with it. However, that said, role quests, where you take on the role of a warrior that came before you and met a tragic end. Anyone else played Mabinogi? Yeah. <laughs> I know! Yeah. I was thinking it too! Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're uh, definitely taking a page out of the Mabinogi book here for that, but that's fine because those RP dungeons and Mobby were often pretty fun. Yeah, I know. Right? Uh, some of them sucked, yeah. and you also got to look into like what kind of skills the characters get that you don't, which I always kind of enjoyed. I love that. Uh, like remember so- getting. Remember playing as Mari in G1 before Arrow Revolver was actually out, and she had a weird version of Arrow Revolver? Right. Oh, yeah, it worked like Ice Bolt, right? Yeah, yeah, it did. You have to charge each thing. You'd have to load the quiver manually. It was weird. Um, Some cool UI things. Um, uh, Crossworld Link Shells will be expanded to eight channels, so we get a full roster of Crossworld, which is nice for... I can't wait to have 16 link shells. <laughs> I know. Um, let's see. Oh, the target information has been updated. Um, so, so since uh, HP is getting larger and larger for enemies, they decided that instead of just leaving it at 1%, you can now see the decimals um, oh. down to the decimal level. So, you know, and if you've ever wiped on 1%, you can now wipe on 0.1%. How's that? Oh, great. (laughs) Well, the thing is is that that's actually uh, really, really useful Mm because it lets you know, like, let's say you're rating. It lets you know if your uh, 1% wipe was like, you know, we were so close, we just need to clean it up a little, or if it's our gear is still a little too low and we need to bring up our eye levels. Right. Like I know that it sounds kind of pedantic or whatever, but the more information and feedback we have as players, the more empowered we are to change up our tactics and what we're doing to, you know, succeed through difficult content. So honestly, like I know there's some appeal in having the game be cryptic, but I actually think the more you know, the better. And the more like you the, know. I guess it, it's like an accessibility thing. The more accessible you can make doing high-end content, the more people will do it. Which is important to me because we're on Crystal and all the raiders are gone. <laughs> they <laughs> all left. According so... to some of my friends, um, in, in fact, one of my friends that I was on uh, another show with last night... Um, that hasn't really affected clear rates. Like, it seems like people are doing a lot better now that we've been able to cross world and yeah, that's uh, stuff like that. That's so, true because with cross world and all that stuff, it's more like there's three servers, right? Like the the little stuff, like you know your FC and your home world. That's still a factor, but you now can pull from a larger pool of players overall. Mm-hmm. And mixing it up the way they did seems to have helped um, a lot of people get their clears and all that good stuff. So 
So good, good job, good job. Um, in addition to that UI element being expanded, there's also housing furnishing placement previews. Very excited for this. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be nice. That'll be a cool thing if you think housing is like end game. Um, and it is. Uh, let's see what else. Um, some battle system changes. Oh, the charged action system. So that's really interesting. This system is being implemented um, in a in a in an interesting way. So essentially, what happens is you have a skill or multiple skills that have these little charges at the bottom. Um, the example that comes to mind is when they showed off the dancer uh, skills. Uh, dancer gets a skill that has three charges that allows them to move across the field at about fifty yards or yalms if you're. If you're that into it, I think it's pronounced yams. Yams. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and you can use them um, in like a rapid succession. Um, so you can move very quickly across the field if you needed to. But once you use up those three charges, it goes into cooldown. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty cool. I, I don't know what other skills it works for. But it seems to work well for, you know, if you have a movement skill, uh, you use it three times, you're very far away or you're very close or something like that. I'm very yeah, that's... excited to drop way more kabooms way faster as a black mage. I feel like they <laughs> implemented this basically so that black mages um, can, can live. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, I like I, the battle system changes overall are pretty good seeming uh i was being told about some changes to tanking that sound really good that tank yeah. stance now is just your aggro gen and your increased hp damage whatever is just from a trait so mm-hmm. no more you know when you're solo tanking in a dungeon and you want to do the big dps you don't have to be a shitty tank to do it anymore. You don't have to run through with your <laughs> tank stance off and make your healer stress. You can just right. run through in tank stance doing all the damage. Uh, I'm curious how that's going to work for Warrior because they had skills that were different depending on which stance you were in. There's some information like, about that. Because uh, for the other tank see. jobs, you have different skills available depending on your stances. But warrior had skills that actually changed like uh mm-hmm. inner beast became deliverance when you switched from no inner beast became what is that skill called <sighs> oh i don't know the stance is deliverance uh oh i'm gonna have to go look this up it's it's like it's got a silly name uh where is it fell cleave there we go Inner oh, Beast yes, would become Fel Cleave, and Steel Cyclone would become Decimate, and so I'm wondering how that's going to work. Let me see. There was something very specific about Warrior, but I can't seem to find it. Um, but you're right. Uh, tanks are changing almost, like, completely. Um, uh, for Dark Knights, Dark Arts is gone. Um, I don't know what that did. I don't play tanks. Well, <laughs> Dark Knight's really cool. It's cool they're adding this new job that no one's played before. <laughs> oh my god! Listen, Look. If you would, if you want to talk new job that no one's played before, let's talk about Machinist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
fucking automaton? Yeah, they I saw that video and I lost my mind. I yelled about Machinist and I've never played that class in my life. Like, <laughs> I've I've played it to level it up just because, but I've never seriously played Machinist. And I saw the robot and I was like, listen, you, you, you guys can't, you just can't give someone a robot. No, that's, <laughs> that is a full on like bipedal mech that punches things yeah so. it's really cool and i'm very excited yeah i don't play machinist that much yeah that's gonna change i guess the <laughs> the job actions trailer overall was a lot of hype all the dragoons mm-hmm. like simultaneously uh i don't know if you guys saw that the, someone put up on twitter uh, it was it it was like a post that said all the dragoons after watching the job reveal trailer, and then it was a clip from the Heaven Sword story of of a uh, possessed Astinian being like, "I am vengeance incarnate. I am <laughs> Nidog." Yeah, it's uh, it, it it doesn't feel like it's any one class's time to shine. It feels like everyone no. is getting some really good changes. Um. Summoners, it's really cool. I already talked about Summoner a lot on like everywhere else, so I'm, I'll spare everyone the details. Um, also, but, Monk gets uh, a real Hadoken. Yeah, Monk <laughs> gets a real Hadoken. Um, the most interesting thing I've been hearing lately, though, is about Dancer. So uh, the way Dancer is being uh, kind of marketed is as a buff, uh, heavy dps um it seems to be all about how well you can execute your dances while in battle and also about choosing which buffs to give to your quote-unquote dance partner so you get this really cool combo system where you pick a dance partner and it usually i mean they showed in the trailer uh, not the trailer but in the live letter uh they showed a monk um and so as long as you are doing your executable skills, you get a buff on you and a buff on your dance partner, which in this case is the monk. Yeah. So it's really cool. Um, and I don't, it, it doesn't really show how much the buffs give, you know, if it's like a really large damage boost or if it's like a shield or something like that. Um, but it does seem to be single party rather than party wide. Um, but even still, people are saying that people will choose to have a dancer in the party over a bard, and bards are still kind of the current buff people who who do that. Um, and, and they will be going into 5.0, but it seems like one is more geared to party-wide buffs, i.e. bard, and one is geared to, like, choose a DPS, and they will, but you'll, you'll both be buffed. So, can I talk about my favorite change to the battle system? Yes. They deleted Trick Attack and Disembowel. Well, I don't think they got rid of Disembowel, but they got rid of that stupid piercing debuff. Yes, they got rid of... They basically looked at the meta, and they were like, instead of changing the meta, let's just kneecap it. Yeah, delete delete the meta. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm happy, though, because... It, it it was a bad system. It really was. Because mm-hmm. only Dragoon could apply piercing debuff, which meant the ranged classes, which you always take because they buff, would have a Dragoon. Uh, you know, the slashing debuff that, like, every job had, 
and then the blunt debuff that only monks had, none of it really made sense. It wasn't balanced well, uh, so they're getting rid of that, and I'm happy. And also getting rid of trick attack, because it was really dumb that your team comp basically had to have ninja, dragoon, and at least one ranged if you wanted to go for like a meta friendly team comp. And that right. was just really that was just really boring. Having yeah. like the same three jobs in every static with maybe some flexibility on your fourth spot. Right. Uh for something else. Well it was like uh Dark Knight getting some good changes, Dark Knight getting to summon dark sides, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Really, everyone really get, cool. Everyone gets a stand. Yeah. <laughs> Ninjas get a stand. Summoners already had stands. Machinist gets a big robot stand. Uh, everyone gets a stand. Technically, oh, dancers get a stand. Scholars, if you pick a dance pattern. <laughs> Scholars' new fairy is really cute too. The Seraph. Oh, I oh, know. Awesome. I mean, with how with how big she is, she's basically a persona at this point. But yeah, I, <laughs> as I saw them summon a larger fairy, I was like, oh, we're just that's a persona. Yeah. <laughs> I like that white mage is getting a lot of love this time around. Yeah, um, they they usually don't. So are they <laughs> are they just removing stone and replacing it with all holy themed skills? I hope I so. Because they didn't use any stone abilities in the trailer. It was all like ho- single target holy and stuff. I'm not entirely sure what they're doing with this um, offensive skills, but um, it does seem like they are making it at least easier to kind of buff your offensive skills um they have this thing that shows like your white lilies on your job gauge and then those white lilies can turn into black lilies and i don't know what that means yeah it sounds really cool (laughs) i I play like three different dps and that's it i rated on white a while back and let me tell you it's good that that class is getting some love yeah, they're getting a lot of, like, you need to be a healer, can, so here's healing skills. I can say, though, that there were a couple jobs in the job trailer that looked like their changes weren't doing very much. Like, the the job action trailer is to show the pretty new animations, but Red Mage still seemed to be doing the same thing, and Bard also looked like it wasn't doing very much different. It had a, it had a couple new yeah, skills, but it was still just standing still and shooting the target dummy. And Red Mage, the you know, same thing. In, the changes in those two classes specifically are in the, like, the potencies and, like, the changes you'll have to make to your combos. They're not necessarily, like, it, here's a completely new mechanics, like, for example, like with Summoner. I mean, we're going to be doing pet roulettes yep. now, you know. It's not, like, a completely different kind of gameplay now. It's just, like... You might have to change up your combo. You might have to pay more attention to which song you use or which uh, spell you cast to build your gauge or something like that. This might sound like an odd hope, but I actually hope they (laughs) remove enough skills because if you've ever looked at like the average Paladin's hotbar, they they have so many buttons. It seems like a lot of skills are being kind of folded into one another. Um, there's a video, I think, of uh, when Yoshi P was showing off some of the uh, dance steps for a dancer. And what happens is when you execute 
your steps, um, which is what the change is called. It's like another stance and your attack skills turn into dance steps. That's cool. So it seems like a lot of buttons kind of got folded be, into one another. So like, nice. it's, you know, uh, yeah, a class that plays almost like a rhythm game, this added focus on dark nights, role-playing dungeons. Someone on that dev team is a fan of Mabinoki. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just thinking like, it's, it's got like an unusual kind of nostalgia. It's like taking me way back. Mm-hmm. like 10 plus years back i gotta admit i wasn't too into the story of it all oh shadowbringers battle changes yeah to, yeah i wasn't super enthralled by like the first couple fan fests but like the latest battle changes make yeah me my, a little my more thing with shadowbringers uh i like the battle changes i like the new jobs i like the environments and character designs a lot I'm mm-hmm. not a huge fan of dimension hopping as a story tool, like as a rule, yeah. just because it gets annoying. We've all played Kingdom Hearts. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's not yeah. quite as bad as time travel, but it's still pretty up there on list of like mechanics that once you add to the world, you can never go back. Um, but they have a whole 10 levels worth of quests to sell me on it. So yeah, I'm keeping it. It's it's not like the yeah. kind of thing to do with a story, but I'm gonna keep an open mind because everything else looks so good anyway. I am I'm curious right. about how easy it will be will be to go to the first. Um, not because not be I'd like it. To yeah, be not because I'm super open. invested in going to this alternate dimension. This is just role play talk now, basically. But not because I'm super invested in having my character right. go there. But I will be sad. If there's a whole X-Pax worth of environments, I have no in-character access to. That would be kind of right. kind of lame. I agree. I doubt they'll do something like that, though, to be honest. They've, they've they... been pretty open about like most of the areas being yeah. like openly accessible and adventurers. You can go here now and stuff like that. What I'm curious about, okay, because... The first is fucked up in that there's no nighttime anymore because there's not enough darkness. It's all light, which in this lore is a bad thing. Um, it, it it's getting really Kingdom Hearts. Wow, the more I the more I hear myself <laughs> talk about it, the more I'm like, this is Kingdom Hearts. Um, so there's no day and night cycle. It's just day and day cycle, right? So maybe when you beat the story, those players will be able to see the nighttime maybe. happen. That would be fun. That would be fun. That would be cool. I'd be into that. I do have to wonder what the story is about because they've done a really good job of keeping like most of it under wraps. Like yeah. we have a good idea of what's going on. But, the, but yeah, they like, haven't they haven't spoiled any plot twists with trailers, which is something like every company yeah. that puts out trailers is guilty of these days. Yeah, it's true. Right. So I'm actually happy we don't know a lot. I feel like we kind of got bait and switched like with the MSQ leading up to the Mm X-Pact because we were dealing with like Garlean military tensions and then suddenly, oh, all your friends are unconscious and now you have to go to a different world. And I feel like it's kind of like we have to help this world 
which is going to get killed by too much light if we don't intervene, because maybe if we vanquish the Garleans, the same thing will happen to our world. Right. So, it's like, uh, it's also a lot of, to do with the Ossian threat. I, yeah, the cool. Ossians are my, always... My personal hope is that them. Shadowbringers will wrap up the first, like, overall arc of FF14. If that makes sense, like, I don't... Like, we're going to take care of the Garleans... Yeah. And the Ascians, so when 6.0 rolls around, we'll have a completely, like, new start for the story. Because, like, like, it's not that I dislike the Garleans or the Ascians, it's just, they've been these, they've been these, like, overwhelming, or not overwhelming, but, like, looming villains the whole time. But we never seem to do anything about them. Like we, two point was the closest we ever got to doing that mm-hmm. uh, when we went to go fight Nabrialis and stuff. We like too busy right. doing political strategy. Yeah, that just so happens that the Asians are meddling in the whole time anyway to like properly focus on them. But I feel like we've been on the same villain arc. Since 1.0. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I mean, that's, that's... So, I understand. That's a natural natural sort of outcome for MMO mm-hmm. stories, I feel like. Yeah. Um, I imagine they're pretty hard to write. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to start wrapping up. Oh, and to do so... Right. I'll get the <laughs> And to do so, uh, it is time for recommendations. Hey you must give us a recommendation. What game or games should we be playing and should we know about? Oh, my God. Um, let me think. Okay. Uh, you got one? Uh, well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and echo the games I said I've been playing recently earlier on uh, and give a... Uh, well, I already gave a recommendation for Total War Three Kingdoms. If you like strategy games, play it. But I'm actually going to say that if you have a computer that can run it, or you have an Xbox One, uh, give Forza Horizon 4 a try. Even if you're not into racing games, uh, if you have even a remotest interest in cars, or maybe trying out a more simulation-heavy game, uh, g- give it a shot. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of cars. There's got to be something for everyone. Uh, and even if you're not too into it, there's always the option to drive around in an anime girl Maserati (laughs) and other people like the way the game works is other people will definitely see that car, uh, because it uploads you like your player info and then other people download that player info. And that's what fills in for the AI. Uh, some people have told me that it even affects how your AI will drive. It bases it on you. So if you, like, slam into people and you're a huge jerk, that's how your AI is going to play in other people's games. And I've had AIs that definitely try to ram me off the road before. <laughs> um, Sounds like like a like a Grand Theft Auto game almost. Yeah, it, it, well, it's a, it is an open-world driving Perfect. game. Uh, it, it is pretty fun. It's... It can be a little difficult to get it to run on PC, but it's still pretty good if you can. I definitely, definitely want to give a recommendation mm-hmm. to it. Um, just because, just because I feel like a lot of people look at games, especially sim racers, and kind of write them off as some niche thing only for enthusiasts. But 
I don't know. I, I basically got into racing games all over again, starting with Forza Horizon 3, and then it only got revitalized when I came to play Forza Horizon 4. Hey, your turn. Hey, your turn. Okay. I have two things to talk about. First thing isn't a game that I've played because it's not out yet, but I recently backed Calico on Kickstarter. Mm. Um, it's a really cute magical girl cat cafe kind of game. Um, if you if any of that sounds adorable or like fun to you, then check it out, monitor it as it is going through the development process. Um, yeah. So the next thing that I have to talk about is the Atelier series. If you haven't checked it out, it's got casts of colorful characters with all kinds of unique abilities. It's got like magical crafting via alchemy and also just uh, you make really cool items to use in battle that make you really overpowered. It's got interesting stories and it's just cute and fun. So go play it. Yeah. Perfecto. Um, do I have a recommendation? Do I? You know what? Play Final Fantasy fourteen. It is the best time to get into it yeah. right now. Um, yeah. The Xbox drops July second. You have a whole month. If you jump in right now, you get uh, what is it? You get a Realm Reborn and Heaven Sword for free. Yeah, so, that's really cool. So all you'd have to do is buy Stormblood and uh, Shadow yeah. So like, yeah, get into it. Sorry, not you don't get it for free. You get Heaven Sword for free if you get like a Realm Reborn. So like, do it. It's really it's a it's a good deal, and you get to play a cool game. Uh, join the Crystal server. All right, cool. Um, well, that's it for the weekly cooldown. Then, hey, you go ahead and plug plug some stuff. Okay. I'm Hey Bay Island on Twitter, and um, you can also catch me at kofi.com slash Hey Bay um, if you want to check out some doodles that I do for people who send me some snacks. Um, I do art. Sometimes I just cry about my life on Twitter. Um, check out my stuff. Yeah. Check out her. I'm sold. I also am sold. <laughs> um, Moose, do you have anything specific to plug? Uh, not yet. I might breathe some life back into my Twitch at some point. But for this week, I just have my Twitter, uh, which is at Supreme Moose. Um, and on Twitter, I don't really, I don't really tweet much. I'm gonna try and start tweeting more. Tweet. But once in a while, I will post some kind of shit post or some deep thought or just something that came to mind while I was blazed off my ass. <laughs> Perfect. Um, as always, you can find me at Comic Jace Gaming on Twitter, Twitch, and anything else you can think of. Um, follow the Weekly Cooldown on its own Twitter page, wkcooldown.com is where you'll find that. Uh, check out the footnotes below. You will... Find humble partner deals. You want them. You do. I promise. You do. Um, <laughs> check out. Check out the uh, shit. What's it called again? Check out the. Nope, I lost it. Forget it. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
Um, but be sure to follow us on uh, Supreme Mo- Supreme Supreme Moose Lord. Is that it? Uh, no, just just Supreme Moose. Supreme Moose Lord is too big for Twitter. That's right, too big. <laughs> uh, check out Moose at Supreme Moose. Uh, check me out at Comedy Juice Gaming on Twitter. WK Cooldown Twitter page. And uh, yeah, I think we're good. That's it for the weekly cooldown. I am Kami Jace. That's Moose. And that's Hey. We're going to take off now. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>